podcast. We are back. It's another Friday. A couple more amazing guests. Uh, I think many of you know the boys from Accounting Web. We've got with us this week the editor and director, Seth Feinberg, as well as the infamous or famous Andy famous, North. Famous. The global publisher uh, at Accounting Web and soon to be deported. Um, <laughs> <laughs> deported. SDP. Did Barrett punk you, Andy? He, I, 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 it, it could well have been Borat related. But um, okay. yeah, you're not actually being <laughs> deported. It's just a whole. It's, it's not, I'm not formally. Can I just be clear? It's not a formal deportation where I've sort of become involved. They <laughs> no, just they, ask they politely. They are you allowed to come back? Leave. That's the they, question. Yes, they let you they, come back. I hope so. I hope so. They <laughs> the next ask reconnect. Me, the next so, reconnect. I'll be here. It would be nice if you left. Uh, so that's the. That's the outcome. But yeah, apparently there's a lot of us. There's a lot of people are being um, declined residency and declined status. So uh, I know of I know of about six people who have happened to. Wow. In the last in the last three months. And how long have you been here, Andy? So I'm, I'm here. When we say here is Boston. I'm, I'm I, not yeah, there. Yeah. I live down in Boston um, and I moved here on the 6th of January, 2015. So we, we're just shy of six years we've been here. So it's around the first time we met you in San Jose. You just yeah. got here from the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd been not, that was my first year because that was 2015 at uh, the, uh, out the back of the, uh, the Fairmont. Yes. I'll, ne I'll never forget that day, the guys. Infamous <laughs> And we've got we've got lots of those great memories. How many of them will be comfortable sharing live on Facebook? Yes, we yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, some of them might not, but uh, I think you know we could get away with, with with occasionally. I think actually it was yourself I met first, Andrew. We were at the um, the VIP thing uh, yeah. at a restaurant, and we were the only ones smoking. And <laughs> That's right. That and I, I'm pretty sure Andrew, you introduced me to Andy. Yeah, I, I might have. Yeah, I remember the first There's time. some crazy British guy. And the funny thing was Seth. I know I met Seth and his, your name, Seth, was so familiar. And then I looked at my inbox because I've been on your, one of your mailing lists for like 10 years before I, I met you. From, like, uh, from accounting today, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, I, I mean, I still get emails from me. It's like, oh, I got a mail from Seth. Oh, it's just spam. I'm, I mean... <laughs> No, it's, uh, it was, it I, was mate. I do exactly the same when I get an email from Seth. And, uh, <laughs> you just get it does. <laughs> I, I actually do do skim them. You never know. There'll be some good stuff in there. Always but it's hard been. to tell whether it's the real Seth or the robot Seth. Yeah, it might uh, be a bot Seth. Yeah, I I don't know. At this point, look, I go I go back so long that there was a time like I still have a Yahoo address. <laughs> and Seth, and to to the point of where Seth Godin had actually mentioned to me, and he was like, "Hey, I still get emails for you." 
Yahoo's still Yahoo's story. Black and white. Well, this is back when Seth Godin was with Yahoo for for a minute or two. He was with Yahoo, and I I still have from 1995. I still have my uh, my Yahoo address. I'm not giving it up. Yeah, yeah, I got Gmail. What is, what is and, it again? I, the, and the I've got the I've got the Uber Cool uh, AccountingWeb.com email address. Yes, and that's where you can all reach me, and of course Twitter. And uh, another fellow Canadian, uh, Jennifer Warawa, she actually got me to to get on Twitter, and she's like, "Oh, you should you should be on Twitter. Why aren't you on Twitter?" I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Like a lot of people, they're like, "Oh, well, I signed up for it, but I don't use it." Isn't and then it eventually, funny how big Twitter has become in the accounting community? Well, really, and journalists. I've been I've been a journalist for nearly thirty years now, and and uh, as as a member of the press, it's it's kind of essential. LinkedIn, of course, um, but it serves a different purpose, and it has a different narrative. Twitter is a different narrative. It's just, you're you're kind of expected to to comment on whatever is is going on in in the day, and I'm fully comfortable with with that, um, and and I do. I comment on a variety of things, even outside of accounting. I comment on on beer, um, craft beer, Larceny liquor. Well, but but in, but but craft beer in particular, which which America has now taken a, a, a mighty hold of, and uh, and and then uh, you know also uh, you know my favorite baseball team in the world, the Yankees. But you know, you know I, I, but yeah, baseball but in general. You say you talk about Twitter. Did I ever tell you my Twitter story? Here's Andrew's There you go. So I. Shamedly, being a, a publisher in the social in the in the digital media space, don't use Twitter. I just don't go on it. Doesn't it shame. Doesn't shame. LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn. I do have no, an account. Very active. And I was. Uh, I've got like seven followers or something ridiculous. Uh, well, you got eight. I just. I just signed got, up oh, with my other you. account. Yeah. So <laughs> I was at. Uh, I was at the uh, the UK tax awards that are run by by LexisNexis in the UK. Uh, black tie event and they had uh, the Margaret Hodge was the chairman of the HMRC select committee and had just won an award for her it's work. It's the uh, IRS for you guys. Yeah, the IRS. Yeah. We, were, we went to London QB Connect. We know all about yeah, it. You know all about it all. So she was like, she was, she was like a senior politician and won the taxation award. And I don't know how this happened, but later on that night, I became disorientated for some reason. <laughs> and about You about, don't know how to, it about, just happened. About 3 a.m. <laughs> I, I basically familiar. woke up the next morning without any idea what had happened. I just I don't know how I got back, got back to bed, anything. Um, and I woke up and there were various emails in my account saying, hey, no, I like the tweet, Andy. And I'm like, what tweet? Uh-oh, like, what did they do? Account. Now I I have vague recollections of this, but at 3.23 a.m., I tweeted, at Margaret Hodge, I can't get in my room. <laughs> and <laughs> and that, was, that was one of the only tweets I've ever tweeted. And I've no idea why I tweeted on Margaret Hodge, the senior politician. Twitter gold. Uh, <laughs> but she didn't even reply. I mean, she didn't have oh, the courtesy... God to attempt to help me get into my room and i don't know how i did therefore get into my room but that was i think the only tweet i've done which is embarrassing 
I just don't think it's ever going to take off. It's this this whole social media thing. In fact, the internet. Yeah, uh, I think it's all overrated. It's waste it's fizzled of time. out. It's waste of time. rock. Yeah. Well, last year, and um, Andrew, I don't know if you remember this in Toronto, but I had my phone was on dictation. I guess I didn't know it. I was on Facebook. I was, and it picked up a conversation I was having, and I guess I hit submit. And I wasn't on Facebook because we're at QB Connect. We're doing our thing. You know, I was, I don't pay attention to social that much because you know how it is. It's very social for real. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, we go to the T sheets party and, and people are like, are you, you okay? Do. Are you okay? And it's like, <laughs> what? Did you have a stroke? And it's like, what? And I find this post on the Get Into It uh, Facebook group that I run. And it's like this big, long post of random thoughts and words and put together. And it was like, oh, my God. It was so funny. I have a screenshot of it somewhere. Like, it was such an epic fail that it was hilarious. But it just goes to show you, like, your story. You, you just never know. I think, I, I use an Apple. I'm not afraid to admit it. But I think Siri listens to me all the time. Because of she it just all of a sudden pops in and it's like, where did you come from? I didn't ask for you. So as does Alexa. As does <laughs> yeah. where? Where have you been, Brad? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's just Brad. it's just you want you have you a, want a thing. You have a you've good night, a... Brad. <laughs> no, it just. But that was the most. Like, yeah, I had all these messages from people that were worried about me. They thought I'd had a stroke. So. <laughs> Thankfully, you. I'm always right about it. It was just. It was just a, I'm hoping I was probably drinking with Andrew. awake at this hour. By the way. Brad, have you lost a lot of weight? You look like you look yes. significantly. You're, you look you're, significantly. You're, looking, you're looking well, Brad. I've lost one or two. Has COVID been treating you well? He's lost What's like 60 pounds. I've lost close to you're 90, joking. actually. 90, yeah. sorry. Fuck. No way. Sorry, Graham. Graham. Yeah, it's um the start of the pandemic. I just, I was, I was gaining like we all are. I was just you sitting around two, staring two, at the TV. Stone. Couple, some stone, yeah. I did a conversion for uh, Carl Reader, actually. He reached out, says, holy shit. And so I went to Google and said, how many stone is 80 pounds or whatever? And so how many stone is 80 pounds? I forget. No one knows. Andy? Andy? No one knows. No one knows. <laughs> oh, come on. It's like six or something. It's such a weird <laughs> measure. It's been in the US too long. It's time for it's him to go It's bizarre that we, we have a whole unit of weight that only, only specifically refers to human body weight. No, nothing else is weighed in stone. Yeah. And it's like a completely yeah. made up. Yeah. And it's such a small number. Like, hey, I gained a stone. And you're yeah. like, what's that, like 30 pounds? Or something like that. It's no. like yeah. a huge yeah. amount. Yeah. 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 So a big stone, like a yeah. boulder. Yeah. And it's Not like, just a, a little rock, but it's big stone. You wouldn't I weigh mean, any other physical thing. No, I mean, no other physical thing. Canadians stone, are but. fine with, with meters and, and, and having the queen on, on your money, but Forget it. No, when it comes to weight, nope. Yeah, no, we're going to be oh, really I actually do imperial and metric because I was, I kind of grew up in the 70s when we converted to metric in the mid 70s, I think. Yeah, man. So I, I, I know the John, old way. What's that? I blame Cheech and Chong. Why would happen? Dave's not here, man. Dave. Dave, exactly. <laughs> well, you play, you play even Tommy Chong? No, just all, both of them, man. Sister Mary Elephant. Do you have the same thing in Canada where, like, in the UK, I my car tells me what miles per gallon I'm getting, 
So you get well, I can't buy a gallon. Kilometer. I can't buy a gallon. I have to buy a liter. But my <laughs> car, and even cars you buy now will do that. They'll say, this is your miles per gallon, but you can't buy a gallon. You have to buy a liter. And there's no, I've no, no one's ever been able to answer that question. Do you have the same? No, our, well, at least my car can tell I me. I just converted. What, is, what does your car tell you, Andrew? <laughs> it tells it tells me, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. You're driving too fast. You move too you fast. Yeah. Gotta make the morning last good. But uh, mine is smart enough that you can actually switch back and forth. Yeah, that's, we don't yeah, have that. I, that's what I get. I, that's just it too depends advanced. on what country I'm in. Are we talking sci-fi? about things that, that people want to hear? Right I mean, now, I just hope that anyone tuning in to all this Michigas is yeah, is getting Michigash. is getting their is getting their uh, their, their, their okay. Well, let's talk you... about accounting stuff. What are you guys up to? How's the pandemic been treating accounting web? Um, pretty, accounting web is pretty been, well. <laughs> we, we've had a uh, an incredibly busy year because we obviously work, you know, with a lot of the vendors who use us as a, as a route to market from an advertising point of view. And into it include, we kind of worried that, um, you know, the, the, the whole COVID thing would cause us problems, but it was the opposite. And largely because the, all the events that unfortunately didn't take off and didn't happen this year, um, we we kind of filled that hole for a lot of lot of vendors. So we had a, we worked with a lot of new people that we'd not worked with before. Um, so we've been incredibly busy and and very and much so. It's, it's it's I guess it's clouds and silver linings, but um, you know I've been trying to find the bright side of the pandemic for some time, and uh, but it's it's been it's been fascinating. And the so online we, advertising apparently is the silver. Well, line. everyone's online, so that makes sense to me. Is yeah, it anything? That's all, we, that's all we do. Is yeah. is uh, you know we're 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 here twenty four seven. We have been for twenty years, and all of a sudden they're like, oh well, yeah. Oh, you you want to talk to account? Well, you want we want to talk to accountants. You want to you want to have a conversation with accountants? Oh, and bookkeepers, sure. And we did the the other bright side of uh, COVID was that we had the opportunity to get what was his name the guy who did the town hall with us on pricing during the COVID Andrew, Andrew Wall, Wall. that was him that annoying as shit. that was him oh, that's right <laughs> it was that's brilliant. right we had it we we decided that uh, that was fun we honestly we were internally we we're like we don't know how this is going to go <laughs> we got to get someone from the ICPA. We have to get Andrew. Honestly, you were the first. You were like, no, we got Andrew. Andy's like, no, we got Andrew. Andrew's up for anything. Andrew's it's ready so to throw down steel cage match. He doesn't care. And then he's like, you're like Dawn Brolin in that in that respect. She just doesn't care. She'll just yeah, throw, an, totally. throw an elbow. In. Dawn's legendary. She doesn't care. I don't know why you but didn't make it though. I that, I thought that was hmm. that that was a bit left field for me, uh, Andrew. That was why you didn't what? Sorry. Why, why you did it naked? Uh, I was just because it, I thought the camera couldn't. But did you say why did he do it <laughs> naked? Off, right? Yeah. Naked. Are you? Yeah. You did a tubing? Yeah, he just did a tubing. tubing. But no, we, like that's gonna be, that's gonna become an adjective. Right? Oh, you did a tubing. <laughs> Even tubing. You've been tubing. Oh, yeah, Are you tubing? <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. It's I don't know. I don't know. It could it could be a Giuliani too, though. It could be a Giuliani. Uh, that's gonna be yeah, because Borat's gonna make it. 
Uh, have, have any of you guys actually watched Borat yet? I guess oh, I'm going to. It was just released yesterday. No, this weekend. Yeah, for sure. This yeah, is our this is our plan around the Feinberg house. Yeah. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter. He's had some pretty classic is, posts he's lately. He's a wonderful, he, like Sasha Baron Cohen. He's yeah. a beautiful. He's a beautiful British Jew. You don't get to meet too many of those. But <laughs> the man, the man knows what he's talking about. He's a funny man. He's he's very. He's always had a way of just pushing right? the envelope. Yeah. I, I heard he went to a to a um, um, a rally somewhere, and it was way in the rural area, and it was kind of very white. And yeah, he did. He showed up, and he I guess did, he got uh, on stage and played did. a song he or something. Like, he the whole song about yeah, the Wuhan flu, Wuhan flu, Wuhan flu. Yeah. Yeah, he's taking the piss out of everyone in the crowd. They had oh, no idea. He, he is the master of the piss take. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, getting owned by by Borat could be funny, or it could be in, in Rudy's case, yes. probably career ending. But yeah. did, did uh, Ali G get over this side? Ali G. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ali G. He, he interviewed Trump once. As LEG. Yeah. As LEG. Yeah, Trump, Trump, As LEG. Trump, Trump, you know, you know, uh, he just, he left the interview. But well, LEG kind of pushed the envelope just a bit. Outside of Borat, what's trending on accounting web these days? Well, we've been uh, largely doing, we did, we've just embarked on, uh, we've just launched a new project, which has been a bit of a labor of love over the last uh, last few months. We, um, we, we kind of came up with this before COVID, but it became more relevant since COVID. Uh, so we, 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 the, the project is called- We were, we were trending. Prior. It's called Financial Reporting and the Definition of Advisory. So our, our take there. on it was that advisory, the term advisory, basically, I, I'm I'm on a mission to ban it because I just don't. Think <laughs> oh, good. And if you want to join me, let's start a movement. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm I'm advisory now. Yeah, so we get so much of this, uh, do advisory. And and the, the, the fact was, I was speaking to a friend of mine who you may know, uh, Doug Waite from. Uh, he's, he's down in California, runs a small tax firm in San Doug Francisco. Doug and he's one of the guys, I've met him at QB and we meet him every year. And he's he's been on about doing advisory for ages. And he's never- Before it was that. cool? Well, not necessarily before it was cool, but he's just, it was like, I need to do that, but he was never getting there. And then and I spoke to him about, in about April, May, and I said, what's been going on, Doug? How's your life been going? And he said, um, I, I've just been up to my ears doing cash flow. So I've never done this before, but people are asking for cash flow. And I said, oh, so you're doing the advisory then? And he went, oh, surprising. Oh. You know, oh, my company, oh, my company that, like needs that's money what advisory for the next was. three to six months. Oh. So really? our point was, we, we kind of wanted to give some... Of a, something of a definition around what advisory products were. And we, we were hitting on the notion of there are very simple advisory tasks and there's very complex advisory tasks and they're all in the same bucket. But if you are not doing advisory yet, you might look at that as a bit of a mountain to climb and we wanted to break it down. So we work with uh, the, the wonderful- and You don't want to listen to what the vendors are saying about it. <laughs> the, the one, do you Just know Randy? To be honest. 
Randy oh, Johnston. Yeah. So he, uh, what well, he he's basically created this whole guide for us, and it basically breaks down what uh, the different types of advisory are and what they entail. And crucially, he's gone through all of the different financial reporting tools and said, okay, if you just want to do real simple cash flow stuff, these are the ones you want to look at, and these are the ones to buy. If you want to do much more complex stuff, this is the end of the market you want to look at. So he's done this breakdown. The thing's massive. It's an epic guide. And it's, it's one of our kind of big signatures for the year. And it also speaks the right language, too. I mean, that's the thing, I think, with accountants, bookkeepers, accounting professionals who make up the majority of our audience. By the way, in U.S. and Canada, we've been called out a little bit for just being, oh, well, you guys are U.S. folks. Well, yeah, all right. I guess for like, with some of the compliance stuff, sure, you know, we, we err on the side of uh, what's coming out of the IRS, but we, we are, you know, we're, we're really focused on North America. I mean, if you're, if you, Definitely. Just, if you just, if you describe yourself as an accountant, as a bookkeeper, as an accounting professional, you come to, you come to us. Mm. We don't care where you're from because a lot of your issues are the same. They're, they're country neutral. That said, um, you know, this notion of, you know, being an advisor, advisory, you know, all this stuff, it can be broken into two tiers, as we said, simple and complex. And so we decided to say, all right, well, there's products out there that actually are country neutral. And, you know, you, you know, may or may not, you know, decide to, you know, put your arms around you know, some of the, some of these things that can get the job done for you, but we really just sort of broke it down in very simple terms. And you just have, my point was that you just have to speak in those simple, basic terms, covering it, the accounting market as I have for the last 18 years, it is all in the approach. I'd like to use the analogy of you can actually feed a deer in the woods. You just, it's all about your approach. So I have, I have a question. So I get that the di different divisions, but what's with the push against compliance? It was, you know, Ryan Lazanis. I don't know if you guys know Ryan, fellow, yeah. fellow Canadian. I think you might have met him at, at some Love of the Ryan. next. Yeah. Um, he did a post uh, the other day about why is there this push against compliance? Like accountants yeah. really have never complained about, about compliance. It's recurring work. You know, the automation isn't going away it in the next it year or two. Why the massive push from the vendors to move us out of compliance and into advisory? Well, this this and do you want to take this? Yeah, this was the one of the points I was making that we we've been hitting accountants over the head for at least 15, 20 years now. Well, in I mean, the UK, in the US, a bit less than that. Yeah, maybe yeah. slightly bit less, but at least fifteen years. You know, of hey, this is a new idea, and and we should move towards it, but. As I said, I think most accounts have only felt that pressure and only heard that message from vendors who have yeah. frankly a vested interest in that prediction coming true. And I think it is a case of like, yeah, it makes logical sense. Oh, Seth's just bit. Um, it makes logical sense. <laughs> Be careful, Doug. Be careful. Get the Doug. camera off, Seth. <laughs> Please. Nervous now. <laughs> it might be better just to mute that. He's just um, fixing his mind. Just fixing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's climbing the greasy pole. Um, he he's um, 
you know, it makes perfect logical sense. But I think most accountants are going, I, I don't get the sense. I don't get the demand to deliver this. It's just not there. Um, but COVID kind of changed that, I think. For the first time, these eventually, you know, you're getting demand from your clients yeah. coming upwards. So, and, and to me, it's this idea, though, of like, how do we make, how do we blend it in together with the compliance? Whereas the vendors are sort of pushing the almost like it's one or the other, your, yeah. your advisory or compliance. And that's the part I struggle with is like, to me, and, and, and Andy, you know, I've always said this is like, I believe that why not take that advisory, roll it into your compliance, which we all know is recurring as a way to justify a higher value and a higher price for our compliance. And the compliance is the bread and butter, right? We just yeah. need ways to justify increasing the rates and the value for that to our clients and also being the differentiator because the other thing is right now, the industry is getting flooded and it's becoming more and more competitive with people. And you really need to have those, you know, unique selling propositions or you, you need to be able to have a way of doing delivering value other than compliance like it's to me not a, a move away from compliance it's a yeah. how do we make our version of compliance better than the guy next door how, for you how is exactly. that exactly and and we have itself? we, we Sorry, have says, but how's that, how's that manifesting itself in terms of the amount of competition you're getting uh are you what what does that look like for you i i, I know you're asking the questions here but i'm fascinated to Sorry. Um, so how's it looking for me? So there's more and more people who are in my space online with nice, fancy, slick websites, right. who are typically young people with very little experience charging half my rate. Right. Right. And that's what we're seeing across the board. And then, and then I go in and I do a presentation with these people and they have, and you, and their, their level of knowledge and experience is scary. What scary good or scary bad? Scary bad. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just like all right. If you They're wanna, really if, good. Like, these look, you want to you want to go on price, and accountants have long been like this too. And I know they're getting challenged, particularly on the compliance work. It's like, well, yeah, you want to go on price, and this is what you know. We and we were talking to Randy earlier today about this whole idea. It's like you shouldn't even be calling it that in your practice. You're running a practice. You shouldn't even be talking advisory the word advisory should not leave your lips it mm. should actually be about recurring revenue yes to your firm what do you want to do your business what is your recurring revenue yeah you oh yeah sure you're relying on on your clients for year in and year out but what are you doing eventually you know statistically there are a lot of them are going to age out or guess what there's their businesses they have evolving needs. Yeah. Do you want them to dictate to you what your business is? Or do you want to dictate to them what you can do? And it's like, I like to use this analogy. I've used this analogy for the last uh, five or seven years now. It's, you know, and, and again, this is going to translate cross-border. You're like the junior high school kid, seventh grade, right? You know, you're at your first dance, your social, yeah. whatever. Girls are on one side of the of the auditorium. Guys are on the other. You all want to dance together. You just don't know how to get together to ask. 
all right, my accountant's going to ask me if, if they're going to tell me if they want to do this. Oh, well, yeah, my client would ask if they want to do things, but it doesn't work that way. The reality is you're always sitting there wanting things that you're not asking for. Why are you letting the vendors dictate to you in the middle? Like, all right, well, you got to be doing this. And that's not trust. All accountants want is trust in the market. And I feel like, well, you know, if you'll allow me a, a, a moment of, of self-promotionalism, I feel like Accounting Web, um, what, we, what we do is we just kind of sit in the middle. We just provide that platform for thought leadership for these things to happen. We want to just say what's actually going on. And we want to work with the vendors to just help them to have those conversations. How often do you work with the accountants and the professionals in developing content? Like, and, and do you reach out to people? Oh, on the accountant side too? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, we, I, I do, I personally, and the editors here, you know, we do a, a fair amount of social listening. I miss not being in the conference world. We try to get to as many as we can in the normal Don't world. Remind me. Yeah, come on, dude. I'm sad we again. Know. We know. I was know. supposed to be we in know. San Jose in a few weeks we hanging know. out with you guys. We know, dude, we know. But you know, more than that, yeah, we, we get out to as many as, as we can throughout the year. But, but you know, we do we, like this an open conversation. We, we do all the time. I mean, a lot of our content, our content, uh, the ideation, bit which just means the ideas but yeah. they, yeah. they've started yeah. using this in the uk in my dev team yeah uh, the ideation uh yeah. ideation often comes from other accountants like you know you guys uh, and yeah. a bunch of other guys that we we, we have and like you're doing this what, for what your thinking. life but if your if your viewers and your listeners have ideas and concepts that they either would like to contribute to or would like us to investigate and explore we're all in. That's we 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 we're more of a community than we are a, 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 a talk just to. Just say a publication like we're going to tell you. Accounting Web said this. They said that. We have their staff writers on it. Look, man, I came from that world, and that's just not what we're trying to do. We're trying to actually be about you. We want accountants, bookkeepers, accounting professionals to have the voice. So, and so in order for us to have any realism, yeah, like Andy said, it's we have to do the listening. We have to allow you to have a say. So if we had accountants who were listening to the show or bookkeepers who were looking to the show. I hope so. And wanted to write. And it's not a, just your, your mom. Or, yeah, not just my mom. Well, my dad will post this. He will. All right. Eventually, <laughs> he'll share it. Hi, George. Hi. <laughs> Everyone say hi, hi to George. Dad. This could happen. But. Um, so family is a big part of everything in my life. But if we had Great. accounts and bookkeepers who wanted to write content and, and help develop the content to be seen on accountant web, how would they do that? And what, and how much of that content they send this guy, me, I'm pointing to me, <laughs> it all goes through me. No, seriously, we, you know, we, you know, we're, we have, we have, we're a little bit rigid with our, with our process. What is your process? That. Walk me through your process. Our, pro our process is this. Seth.feinberg <laughs> at accountingweb.com. Right. Or, that's or, yeah, and, that, that's part of it. And, and, and just say, hey, I have an idea, or reach out to me via Twitter at B2B Seth um, or, you know, or LinkedIn. Either way, you get a hold of me and say, man, 
I've got I've got a point of view on this. You guys aren't writing enough about this. I want more accountants and bookkeepers, pro advisors to know about this. And we have we have it. We have a good handful of them um, as as our regulars. Um, but we want more. Our voice is your voice, and it's not. This isn't just rhetoric. I don't. You know, I write. I write here and there. I I've, feel I've like got I'm a, a biased writer. a biased question. So if we had Canadians, which we might oh, have- God, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Canadians Rush is my it. favorite band in the world, <laughs> Who wanted to write Canadian-specific no. content. Yep. Would you post it? Only outside of like, you know, if it's just, if it's outside, well, what's Canadian-specific? Like, I don't know- What if it was need... compliance stuff? What was it about? What if it was about, you know, Canadian- personal tax what if it was about canadian corporate tax what what if it was you know something I don't know. about i just i want to i want to just have a neutral ground man i i are think we, we more i think accountants in... are accountants our bookkeepers are bookkeepers you don't call them anything yeah, different. Not, yeah but from a from a technical tax uh, uh standards uh type work mm -hmm we tend we we have writers who are kind of specific experts in that area where we're kind of more interested is the strategic stuff right so, which is the like you're an accounting professional you're a professional so it shouldn't matter what country you're from this is what i said at the outset like you still like i go to these conferences where there are accountants from different parts of the world at least different parts of the continent of North America, um, Mexico included, different parts of the continent that have the same issues. And we want to be, issue, we're, we're, we're issue centric yeah. because you are an accounting professional. We have people that pitch us on stories on accounting departments, you're a CFO, you're a financial professor. And we're like, no, we don't hit that part of the world. You might even you have want the stuff that's that's hitting as as much of the part of the world as possible. So all the stuff that's you know anything related to you're in professional practice. Yes, yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. practice. Whether you own it or you work in it, you're a staff member. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's that it's that more strategic stuff about how do I do a better job? How do I make more profit in my farm? Yeah, how do um, I communicate with my client about what, this? But, how so, do so, I hire my client? Seth, one point is that we don't in fairness, cover a lot of Canadian-specific tech. And that's something that we should look at. Well, I don't know. Some, we're, some, I don't know. There's we're, some interesting things going on north Shopify. of Shopify. Yeah. Shopify. Um, yeah, I, I'm hearing an awful lot about um, Shrad, uh, Shrad Rao from WagePoint. I disagree. Yeah, Shrad. Yeah. And oh. I met that guy about yeah, it must have been five years ago. Maybe they haven't gotten in and touch with us. I don't he's know. such a nice guy. And he's just he's just had a big round of funding. I understand he's doing yeah. some really amazing things. So Fresh, also all of a sudden FreshBooks decided they want accountants. FreshBooks decided that they want to, and I, I've known I've known Mike for years. I've you know my, my stepbrother went to Queens with, with Mike? Did he? Yes, and he's got some fun stories that I'll share in the after in the after show with you. you <laughs> I know, I know that Mike likes his whiskey. I will. Say That's that. all Mike likes. He does. He so does. if, no, if we, people we do want to get on, 
if people want to get on, they just reach out to you and pitch an idea then. Yeah, then, don't write an article first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't write shit. I yeah. don't. So they, they, they need to pitch pitch a topic. Yes. If you guys like it, then write the content. Yeah. If it's to other accountants, I don't care what country you're from, it doesn't matter. It's not our thing. It's you are an accountant, you're a bookkeeper, you're an accounting professional, you are working on these issues and 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 you need to, you need to hear from your 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 right. fellow your fellow people. That's do you guys it. find that? And I don't know how much of this you do as far as um, sort of you know zoning in on on clients' needs based on where they are in this sort of scale of their business. We do. I didn't. I, you do. So, are you finding that like there's there's a lot of content that's really relevant for that you know one to two man shop. And then that three yep. to five partner shop. And what is that? Like, yep. where, what are the things that are really important for the one man shop? And then, and then the multi-partner and then the big firm, like, how does that differentiate? How do the needs? I will, I will say this in two to three words, cash fucking flow. Cash flow. <laughs> in your first look, in your first three years of business life, if you do not have a professional on top of your cash flow, you're you're fucked. Uh, that's it. Especially now. But in, in terms of the content, the, but yeah, but Seth, the, but yeah. it's more about what what the 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 the, the, the want to read. Yeah, is what's motivating the, the one man. Well, yeah, and then you know, and then and of course the tools that for the job. Like people don't know. You go into the app. Get... You go into the app shop, and you're like, I don't know. This is good. I or somebody mentioned this name. I recognize that. Boop. But I'll that seems almost it. like the like the single man shop. Like I need to know. I'm just starting out. I need to know about the different apps. And so there's that that evolution of when you're starting out, you need to be yeah. become aware of all the different apps and and what's going on, the different tools. And then now you're running a business and you're effective, and you want to start learning about how to maybe start to grow it more and yeah. do sales and marketing. And then now you're now you've got a team, and now you got to start learning about HR and business process. I yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, there is that, but that that notion that okay, yeah, once you get staff, you need to know about training and skills and and, and, and managing yeah, a team. And I think practical, you know, that, that's fair practical clear. stuff. But with the way we kind of segment our audience is more around what the the, the effectively the level of strategic planning that is going on in that firm. Mm -hmm. So we've done. We, we've asked a question in a survey to around 1,500 people now, 1,500 yeah. firms. And the question yeah. is, how would you describe the, the level of planning and the, the three-year plan, the detail? This, is, of this is a depressing stat, so just get your tissues ready. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so with the, the, the options were detailed, clear, written, codified plan vague i've got a plan but it's it's kind of there but it's in my, head. my head and no plan at all yeah 68 percent fall into the bottom category no plan i'm, I'm not surprised at all yeah. i was that guy with no plan at all. Or, yeah. or the plan i had a plan but it was in my head and this is i'm literally going through a course right now 
um, that was actually introduced to me through my CRM of all things. And you guys know how much I love my CRM. <laughs> yeah. And, and so they got me onto this, like it's called the elite advisors program to give them a little bit of plug because I think they're doing a great job for me. And they basically said, as a leader, you have three responsibilities, right? So first of all, you need to set the vision, right? And that wasn't something that I was doing a very good job of because I was very much, in, and this was another post that Jason uh, Blummer put out recently is like, so many of us want to go, 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 that we don't plan and we don't set the vision and we don't set the direction for the organization. And that's like basically saying to someone, I want you to go bowling blind. I'm not going to tell you where the pins are. I'm not even going to tell you where the lane is. And you tell me how many pins you, 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 you put down. Right. And, and then, you know, so, so you got to set the vision, then you got to get the right people in place. So that not only the right people, but the right people in the right spots, that whole cliche of, do you have the right people on the bus? And do you have the right people in the right seats on the bus, which is critical. And then two, three, you got to provide the fuel, the fuel for growth, which is, cash flow, revenue, profits, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Financing. Yeah, like the fuel for growth, right? And they're so on board. And, and, and the stuff that they've had me do in the, in the three to four weeks that I've been a part of this program, like we've got now this whole, we've got not only do we have a purpose and a mission statement, but like, and, and like a, a real one that's good. And, 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 you know, we've got, I'm literally looking at it right now. So we've got a purpose, a mission statement, core values, strengths to build that we need to build on and work on, strengths to lever, leverage, and mission goals. And these things that were, they were maybe in my head and like I thought about them, but I'd never taken the time to like put them down on paper, yeah. put them in front of my my team, make sure my team is on board with, with that vision. And these are sort of like, you remember when you take your kids bowling and you put up the bumpers on the side? And this was the analogy that they gave me is like, these things like your mission, your core values, your strategies, these are the bumpers that keep the ball in the lane so that you have a better chance of knocking down as many I pins as possible. Yeah. Sorry, what 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 was that course you were talking about? Um it's called uh, Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft. Yeah, it's through Infusionsoft. You gotta be a million plus in revenue to 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 join the, the program. And they actually had, one of the things that was really interesting is they actually talked about this um, process and how your needs evolve based on your revenue. And they had it broken down. I, I should try and, I'll try and find the slide and share and it. This in, isn't accounting specific. This is all businesses. This is all businesses. Like it, it affects everyone, no matter what type of business you are. How, how, do you know how many other accountants are in the course that you're doing? So right now, zero, zero. Um, so there's, um, they've, they've had, I think one other accountant who's gone through the course, yeah. there's no other accountants in the course, but this is, this is meant for just businesses of any size. Right. I think obviously as accountants, we run a business just like our clients, right? Yeah. And we need to take these approaches and learn them for ourselves so that we can teach them to our clients. But, so, but this, so the answer to your, your, your earlier question is. This is how we think, a little, you know, back behind the curtains of how we, we think of accounting web. I think there's more similarity between a sole practitioner and a 50-person firm that has a clear agenda than, there, than between two sole practitioners, one who just is trotting along doing some tax returns and the one who's more like yourself with a vision and a mission statement. And they're more similar in that way. So we, that's the way we kind of stratify our writing to say, if you are 
just starting out on this journey, this is what you need to be thinking about. Right. You know, you might have been doing it for a year, you might have been doing it for 50 years, but you're still in the same place. So that's how we that's how we kind of put it together. And I think that makes sense because it doesn't matter how many years you've been in business, it's where your focus is right now, right? Yeah. Is your focus on growth and you want to be you want to you want a lot yeah. of content on sales and marketing? Is your focus focus on team building and team management? I want a bunch of stuff on, you know, core values and HR and all the shit that you got to deal with and managing people and hiring and firing and all that crap. Um, or I is it mostly survival mode? Yeah. Well, right and now for our, for our lot, it's, it's survivors. Like, don't talk to me about all these expanded services and stuff. I like to know about them. It's good to hear, but tell me what's now. Tell me what I got to do right effing now to, to just keep who I got and, and just keep up with, with, the, with the day to day. And this, to be honest, that's my, and after that, I'll think industry about it. is all people care about is like, how do I keep up the now. With, with, now with, with the guys over here? And there's not like, how do I get ahead of the guys yeah. over here? Yeah. Like, yeah. You talk to, yeah, that's, that's all the, you know, you talk to, you know, in America, you talk to ad CPI and, uh, and a lot of other folks who are like, oh, you want the future. You want to know the next three years, five years, 10 years. No, well, first of all, no one wants to know ten, 10 years. Show me a firm right now that wants to know the next 10 years. <laughs> I do. Yeah, no, in theory, in theory, but realistically, you want to know what you can control. But this is what I love about accounting more than uh, you know, really any other sector. And frankly, I've spent too long in the accounting sector, so I'm biased. Oh, we are. There's that sense of... You know what you say there about it's not a case of tr- I want to outperform everyone. I don't really hear that in the accounting space. Oh, it's no. Really People get comfortable, right? Like the thing is, is it, accounting services. That's what I'm well, saying. No, but it's, an, it's almost like an essential service, right? You hang your shingle out it there. Is. People come to you. You do their tax returns. You do the, all the compliance work. And then you're, you're done for another year. It's well, that. With, rinse and repeat rinse and repeat and the thing is people get comfortable with that but as 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 the profession has learned over the last few years being old-fashioned is not serving you well because all of a sudden the industry is just taken off yeah. you know with tech yeah, new well, ideas there's, there's a million millennials who are now offering exactly and, and there's out. ai and there's yeah. all these things so that's the thing I've noticed is you got the, the movers and the shakers that are learning these new things. Like Andrew's saying, you want to be competitive and learn new things. We know lots of people like that, but I think too many people are just comfortable and they're, they're nice little but yeah, but what, what, what I mean is it's more that the interaction between different firms and the people that are in, there's not a sense of, I want to crush everyone else. It's, it's I want to do a great job and I want yeah. to Well, it depends. I've talked yeah. to some firms, uh, like partners and firms that they're super protective over right. everything. There's right? still some legacy people out there, but I mean, yeah. the thing is, and, right. and this is the one thing is like, and this is, I'm going to call it out between a difference between bookkeepers and accountants. Um, and, and where do I see that, that collaboration mm-hmm. and that move towards being more forward thinking and leading edge mm-hmm. has been on the bookkeeping side. Like, yeah. and, and you know, I'm, as you guys know, I'm platform agnostic. I'm not uh, 
Zero or QBO. I, I love them both. I, I think both are great platforms, but the markets are very different in who they've chosen to appeal to. Yeah. QBO has a much bigger bookkeeper market. Uh, Zero has a much be- bigger accountant market. Yeah, and I've been to, to events for both and seen that difference in sort of the mentality. And so that bookkeeper is much more, that, that bookkeeper community is much more supportive. In, in a way, it's almost been, Andrew, like, and I've said this for, for years since I've gotten into Zero, I'm like, I'm like, man, their messaging is like Mac and PC. Mm-hmm. It's funny because- You got your Apple people and you got your PC people and- Never the twain never shall- Never the twain shall- Yeah. Exactly. And, and the funny thing is, what's so funny to me is, like when I look at product- I, I even I said this to Rod Drury and he's like- Yeah, I, I use that analogy all the time with my clients. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I, Apple versus PC. You know, QuickBooks, they have more users. They, you know, they're cheaper. Uh, because of the, because of the name, brand, rec- brand recognition. Brand recognition, zero, sexier, um, you know, some slick marketing and advertising, nice UI, more expensive, right? Like very much, but the funny taking, thing- is, Taking some swipes at the big guy. Yeah, but yet when you actually look at who their user bases are, like the, 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 what the product is, um, is, is one thing, but then when you talk about, and maybe not their total user base, because they're like, I'm not talking about end users. I'm talking about the middle market here, like the bookkeeper, the referral market, let's call it. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And that referral market with zero has been much more accounting professional. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's really because where they came in with the practice manager, which was a game changer, right? Like to come in and be like, hey, you guys have to pay for a practice management tool. I'm going to give it to you guys for free. And there I you go. Really here you go. Here it is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's and, and that's how they bought an attraction. It's what you need. How much practice management do you need yeah. in, your, in your demographic? How much do you need? You're not going to go in for like a, a Thompson or a CCH type of yeah. thing. Exactly. You just, here you go. Yeah, here you go. Here, here, here. I'm going to drop a solution in your lap and I'm going to give it to you for free. Um, and hopefully you're going to move people onto the market because onto my product, because the more people mm-hmm. you move onto the product, the easier it's going to be to interact with my tool. Brilliant, brilliant marketing strategy. Well, I think they know as well that if they can get a firm on with the practice management, that kind of buys them in. And, and they know that that guy is much more committed than someone who, hey, I just need some licenses. I've got a few clients I need to sort out. And that's the, that you're, you're, you're kind of all in committed with that. And I, I agree. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's, it's like that, that um, it's like buying a printer, right? They'll give you the printer for, for dirt cheap. Yeah. And, and now that you got the printer, you got to always buy get the cartridges, right? Yeah. And that's where they make all their money. Like, it's not on the printer, mm. it's on the ink cartridges. But now that you got the printer, you got to buy those yeah, same ink cartridges. All the fuck in, man. Yeah. We are so sucked in at my house. Everything that we print, yeah. I was, I was going to slight change the subject, but kind of you've just made me think here is. Because you're talking about printers, right? And my my bought a printer, cheap printer, and they got me to subscribe to the yeah. ink, right? And I don't know, this is everyone's... laser jet, not inkjet, but okay. Yeah, it's we're, it, it, we're, we're an inkjet house. Everything. Oh no, inkjet dries out. Laser never dries out. Ah. Dude, this is what I'm no, talking I, about. I, I, anyway, what are you guys sorry. printing? Andy's got a point. 
uh, you know, <laughs> like well, I got, I have two, I've got, period. I've got two children who are all like basically homeschooled at this point. So yes. uh, we're printing a lot. But my point was, I just got onto the subject in my head of subscriptions, and this is something that I'm potentially looking at doing next year. Is a piece about how businesses who are, you, you know, they, have you read that the book subscribed? And the name of the guy is a Chinese guy who worked at Oracle, and his name escapes me. I have not um, read it, but it's on my list now. As long as it's an audiobook, I'll listen to it. <laughs> it. You can get it on audiobook as well. It's a fascinating book, and it's it's about how the 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 relationship between you and your provider changes when you subscribe to something rather than yeah. just buying it, because yeah. you're relying on an expectation that that service will increase in value over time rather than you you don't just buy access to Netflix as it is now, you buy access to Netflix with the expectation it's going to increase in value. And and I think it's it, it really, this this book, and I, I don't have it to hand, fascinating uh, book, really made me think about how the relationship between me and my the, the subscription services I now have is. And I was thinking one of the things that we put on our editorial plan for next year for consideration was about subscriptions mm. and how you as an accountant need to understand subscription accounting, but also how you move your client or help your clients who want to do that switch their business towards subscriptions because it's a totally different requirement for capital and investment. Yeah. Uh, your, your, your revenues, your profitability is going to be very, very different in shape. Is it, would you, and I'm asking, I'm genuinely, this is my job. Like, would you want to read that? Would that be useful for you? Well, last week we had Michael Lee on and, and his, his tool Sassable. Yeah. Right. Plays right That's into all, that. Yeah. Recurring revenue subscriptions. This is the future, right? Even Ron yeah, was talking about this, the subscription model, right? Like yeah. it's about how do you productize your service and how do you make it a recurring subscription? And it's all about MRR. And then, you know, Michael's product talking about not only MRR, but lifetime value, cost of acquisition. This is the future language. And the thing is a lot of young professionals are getting this mm -hmm. and a lot of the I'm going to call it aging professionals. That's the old dogs. Yeah, yeah. the old yeah. dogs. The aging like, amateurs. Yeah, the fucking yeah. amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're back into this cliche of like, I'll do it once 80% of the people are doing it. Once 80% of the people are Jeez, doing it. That sounds it, like herd, herd immunity. Yeah, I mean, but accounts are all about the herd, right? Just wait. We're, yeah, that's... You know, who's going to the cloud? Dude, we've been following who's going to the cloud for 10 years now? But, really? You go to the cloud, you cloud, cloud, you cloud. Okay. Yeah. So, is anyone still talking about um, dual screens, dual monitors, and paperless? How long was that a thing for? Right? Dual screens? Are you? Ten you have no. two? Yeah. No. Only two? <laughs> I'm going to have years. to get a screen. <laughs> so, would paperless. You, I'm asking you paperless. now. The paper, is the paperless office. Is Ten that years. a useful? I mean, if we were to do that project next year, that that could be a useful. And I mean, just shout out to all the viewers. If you've got input on this, we want to hear. How does moving a, a non-subscription business to a subscription business? What what does that involve, and how do you do it? Because it's not easy. Yeah. And yeah, the other we, point I would make is 
the when I was when COVID hit, because um, I was really fired up about the idea of subscriptions, and I can you know really understanding why everyone is moving to that model. But I spoke to probably a firm of accountants every day for about a month once COVID hit, just to find out what people were struggling with, and. Several of them were mentioning, well, I've just gone through all the subscriptions I've got and just canned them. And it suddenly occurred to me that maybe there is a flaw in the model because when you get a massive, you know, you, you're not getting, you're, if you're selling on subscription, you're not getting the value in one go. You're getting it over a protracted period of time. And when you have an earthquake like COVID come along, it's very easy for people to cut that off. And what you might have sold as a thousand dollar piece of kit is a ten dollar a month subscription, and you're only getting three months of it because everyone's canned it. And I don't know whether that's something. Did you do the same? Did you guys do that? Yeah, you know, it was kind of the opposite with me. Is I looked at my line items. I, you know, revenue definitely dropped off. I do mostly consulting, so I don't touch the compliance and the tax work. That's never been my thing. Right. So yeah, things dropped off and I had to look at my line items and it was actually the subscriptions to the apps and the tools I was using, I put them high value items because they're the ones that are gonna allow me to keep, keep moving along as efficiently as possible without having to spend a lot. Yeah. So proposal software, you know, things like Acuity with your scheduling, obviously Zoom, you know, things like that are mission critical in this day and age you know, now more than ever, it's more the, you know, I, I did away with my co-working space, but I actually did that before COVID, but it was like, I saw I, something told me I needed to get rid of it because I wasn't getting the value anymore. Right. right? I, I definitely wouldn't need a co-working space right now because the last thing I want to be is in a room of, of strangers, you know? Um, but anyways, so were there no, any I stuck with my software. apps that you dropped? And don't you know, I, didn't, I didn't really drop anything. No, because the tools that I was using already, you know, like Zapier, um, like I said, Acuity earlier in Zoom. Um, I really like Pipedrive, my CRM. I, I, I couldn't be without those right now. Now more oh. than ever, it's important we stay on top of these things. And, you know, as Andrew has been beating into me, the, the, the way to prospect in this day and age is to have a competitive edge. And often the software will give you that competitive edge. When I send a proposal to somebody with Proposify, they go, wow, is this ever cool? And you make it real easy for them to sign off on it. And as soon as they say accept proposal, then they get a copy of it and a PDF. It looks nice. It looks snappy to the clients. And, yeah, and I, I think I, now is the time more than ever that people should be using that stuff. So I definitely didn't ditch. Obviously, meals and entertainment or, or you know, I'm not traveling. Um, there's nothing conference related. Um, I'm actually kind of bored with even PD because I there's say, so said, many online um, opportunities available. The last thing I want to do is stare at Zoom all day. Well, your Zoom background budget is obviously you, you protected that. Yeah, and his uh, budget for apps like Noom have not. Yeah, been. <laughs> I'm trying to get on TV ads for Noom. I yeah. use Noom. Um, so, I have a referral link, so please click on it one of these days. I'll get it. Surprise, a surprise, guys! We're out of time. Oh my word! I know. God damn it! Stick around. We'll and talk Andrew, about it. doesn't mess around with this time yeah. thing either the one off. thing is what it, what i will say i'll just close with with my interpretation on you know this whole subscription model 
Um, you know, I got a little bit pickier about the products that I'm using. So I dumped the stuff that I wasn't using. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at like, am I using that? Good for am, you. Am, am I using things? But obviously there's core products that are core to what I do that almost amped up. I spent more money on it. And I, I'm using more tech. And like, if I look at my total tech budget, I'm probably spending more than I was, but I may be pickier about what I use. But for your us, Zoom background budget, you yeah, blew that. Zero Zoom background look at it, budget. Look at it. You've not invested in that. Mine's <laughs> just a Google background, but, so that didn't but cost me I a nickel. I might have just dropped two grand on Amazon Prime deals uh, on a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, but when it comes to my own services, when it comes to like, will clients subscribe or desubscribe, the beauty of the way our packaging is developed is like, we have monthly packaging, right? Which is basically includes your accounting and your bookkeeping. If you want to, if you want to bounce out three months in, hey, I'm, yeah, I like that's awesome to me because a lot of the work comes on the back end for me when I got to do your corporate tax on top of your uh, bookkeeping, right? So I've got like yeah. a 13th month that I've got to do, right? Yeah. So if you want to bounce before, but I've averaged that 13th month over three months, and you bounce before I do that 13th month, hey, works for me. Done. Yeah. So next week, yeah. Michael Lee and yes. Hector Garcia are making. Oh, Hector! Uh, going to be oh, our guest host Hector, this week. Yeah, yeah, we do too. And unfortunately, this time of year, we're, ta we're taking be, the week off. at the bar. We're taking yeah, the night that. off, Andrew and I. But I, with those guys on, I'm probably going to be in the audience. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to that. And then we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, hey, thanks, had, guys. Have you had Ryan on before? We okay. have not had Ryan on. I want to get Ryan on. Um, we're literally like we're booked for like until the new year. Um, yeah, I did say to Brian, we want to get him on, and I want to get Ryan and I know he's listening. I know he listens together. That's bit. my dream. Ryan and Will Lopez. If both of you guys are listening, there you go. I want to get you guys together on an episode. Anyway, I know. I know Ryan at least probably tuned in for a little bit. So thank you, brother.